My name is Jeff, by the way. I'm the lead pastor here at the Vineyard. And before I jump into the message, I just want to say it is such an honor to be here with you tonight. Gathering together, worshiping together, and slowing down from the busyness and the craziness of this season, I think is so important for our hearts. And the fact that we get to do that together with each other, uh, just looking around this room, it brings my family great joy and, and just feels like such an amazing opportunity to be a part of. So we're so thankful that you've joined us uh, tonight. And for many of us, I think the truth is this is not the end of the night, but it's the beginning of the night. If you're like me, I have to rush home and wrap a whole bunch of presents and somehow look at directions with one hand, hold an Allen wrench in another hand and figure out how part A goes to part B and why there's not enough part C's in the package for all the toys that I bought, it's going to be really important for me to reflect on the peace of Christ in that moment at about 2 a.m. this morning because I can't wake up my kids because I'm yelling at inanimate objects, right? This is not a good thing. Um, no, we are so glad that you're spending an hour with us tonight. And, and really everything that we've decided to do tonight is on purpose. We Ultimately, what we hope to do is create an experience where you can engage with God's love. And really, every age and every stage, we want to create the atmosphere and the space for that to happen. Even this song that, that Corey and Josh uh, played for us, Joy to the World, we chose that on purpose. It's very intentional because we believe that there's a message for our hearts tonight. You know, we've actually been singing Joy to the World every Sunday in December leading up to Christmas Eve. I think it's been a great song to remind our minds, remind our hearts of exactly what Jesus is doing this Christmas. And one of, the, one of the really neat things about this song, this year in particular, is that this year we are celebrating the 300th anniversary of the song Joy to the World. 300 years ago, Isaac Watts wrote this song, penned it to paper, and started kicking it out. And we've been singing it as a church community for, over three, for 300 years now. And I want to read some of the lyrics to you as I begin this morning, because I think they're really rich for us. It starts by saying, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart Prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Then the song continues it and it ends with, with this verse. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of of his love. I love those lyrics. I love how the song plays out. And actually, as you begin to focus in on the lyrics, you realize that the lyrics are grounded and rooted in scriptural truth, especially that last phrase, he rules the world with truth and grace. It reminds me of a famous Christmas passage in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that says, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and we will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Joy to the world, for the Lord has come. And with him, he brings light to dark places. 
He brings forgiveness of sins. He brings reconciliation to places where there was once division. With the coming of Christ, he ushers in a new covenant and a new, whole new way of living. Acceptance and love to those who feel rejected. Transformation for those who can't fix themselves. This all comes with the arrival of Jesus. Joy to the world because Christ has made a way for us to have an eternal and everlasting relationship with God. This all came through his first coming, 300 years ago written, and we've been singing it together ever since. But what's even more interesting about this song, particularly this time of year, is that Isaac Watts didn't write the song Joy to the World as a Christmas song. He didn't write it intentionally to be sung at Christmas, although we've adopted that and I think that's great. Initially, he wrote the song Joy to the World so that we would take our eyes and fix them forward on Christ's return, not just his initial arrival, but so that we would be with anticipation and faith looking forward to Christ coming back. Now I realize you, you probably didn't come here tonight hoping that the pastor would ruin your favorite Christmas song and just you know, take those lyrics and, and make sure that they mean something. That's not what we're here for. Of course, you can sing Joy to the World as a Christmas song and reflect back. Seems very appropriate to do that. But the original meaning and the original attention of this song was that so we would fix our eyes on the future expecting his return. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting now because now we're living like in this in-between this in stage. It's almost like act one was his arrival and now we're waiting for act two to come. We're in intermission in a way. We're living in this in-between stage of having seen his first arrival but waiting for his return. And some of you might not know that but actually says in the Bible in Revelation 22 that Jesus is coming back. That he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now, there's not a lot of Christmas messages that are probably quoting Revelation around the city tonight, but this song is drawing our eyes forward to his return as we also look back and reflect at his first coming. And as we do that, as we think about living between these two worlds of his arrival and his return, I mean, it's important for us to think about the whole narrative. I mean, the kids did an awesome job. They came up, they played out the story for us. You can think about all of the different people involved, all the different divine interactions that God had. But I also want you to think about the toys, the gifts, the presents. It, it's hard to think about Christmas this day and age without thinking about the gifts and the toys, right? And of course, that's tied to the fact that wise men brought gifts for the king. They brought gold, they brought frankincense, they brought myrrh, and I think they did a pretty good job without a little Christmas list by Jesus, right? There was no Christmas list. There was no Amazon one-click buy, that really dangerous button off to the side. You know what I'm talking about? That thing is dangerous, but they did a pretty good job. They gathered these gifts fit for a king. Jesus was not asking for anything at that point in his life. And my guess is if Jesus was anything like my kids, those gifts got a lot more expensive as they got older. Am I right? 
I mean, the first Christmas, it was like diapers and wet wipes. It was a dream come true. Now my kid's Christmas list is full of items. There's no way I can afford or want to. That's looking back. But if you, if you think about the song, if you think about the scripture, that's looking back, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but you also need to think forward. You also need to anticipate his return. And, and I think it's an important question to ask tonight, what would Jesus want at his return? What kind of gifts would the king want in his return? It's not going to be gold, frankincense, and myrrh next time around. What is it that Jesus is wanting? What is it that he's calling out from us? And, and actually, scripture tells us exactly what he wants. He wants hearts that look like his. He wants lives transformed to reflect, reflect his to the world around him. He wants people who forgive like Jesus forgives. He wants people who seek reconciliation in the same way Jesus sought reconciliation. He wants a generous heart when it's easy to be selfish in our culture. He wants a heart that initiates with boldness and kindness and love to a world that's hurting all around. Jesus has told us what he wants. He wants hearts that look like him. This Christmas says, your wrapping presents, if you're like me, last minute, maybe you've already wrapped them. This, this Christmas, as your opening presents, would you let the way that we exchange gifts with one another be a metaphor for how you're preparing your own heart to give as a gift to Jesus? As you give presents wrapped with love and care to the people around you, would, would you allow those gifts this Christmas to be a metaphor on how you're shaping your heart and you're transforming your heart in partnership with God to give it back to him as a gift when he returns. Because the scripture says he is coming back. And he's asked for the gift of your heart transformed into his image. I think it's nights like this, it's incredibly important for us to self-reflect a little bit. And so the question that I might ask you tonight is, what kind of gifts are you preparing for Christ's return? You may die and go to heaven before he returns, of course. But what kind of gifts are you preparing for Christ's return this Christmas? Are there areas of your heart that he's just continuing to invite you into surrender, places in your life where he's continuing to put his light and his love and his presence and, and molding them into his image, what would it look like to allow God to continue work on your heart so that you can offer it back to him as a gift? This Christmas, as you think back and reflect to Jesus's arrival I want to encourage you to also, with great anticipation, look forward to his return. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> before I invite the band back up, I do, want to, I do want to introduce a new ministry here at Vineyard Church of the Rockies that we are starting 
tonight. I've been really excited about disclosing this with the church, really excited about starting this new ministry here with you tonight. And I think it's really appropriate that we started tonight, a night of all nights where we celebrate the birth of a child. I want to share with you this new ministry we're starting uh, called the Vineyard Adoption Fund the Vineyard Adoption Fund. We're gonna take a special offering in a moment. And when we take special offerings on Christmas Eve, we give 100% of it away. And the Vineyard Adoption Fund is simply a fund so that we as a church community can come alongside families who feel called to adopt children into their own family. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but the average cost of adoption in the United States lands somewhere between 40 and $50,000. And what's happening is the financial burden of adoption is keeping families from following the call that they believe God has placed on their heart. And so what we're doing as a church is we're creating the Vineyard Adoption Fund so that we can come alongside families and ease that financial burden and welcome children into their family and ultimately welcome children into our family. I imagine often how many babies we'll get to dedicate together as a family how many babies will be, or children will be able to baptize together, disciple, and then ultimately release so that they can fulfill their kingdom adventure and their kingdom purpose. So as we pray, would you pray about how you might be able to participate in that tonight? You can give through the envelopes that are found in the seat pocket in front of you uh, and just place that in the box on your way out, or you can give online as always. But again, everything you give tonight is gonna to go into that fund and we can't wait to start blessing families who are stepping into that call. Let's pray together.